Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Will you pray with me? Loving and eternal God, you brought us here today. And so we open ourselves up to you. May in this worship service we have an experience of you that leads us to make a connection with you. And so, Lord, I, I just ask that in this time, in this place, that as you have bathed us, this whole worship experience with your presence, that you continue to do so. And Lord, as we uh, hear the scriptures read, may it bless our hearts so we can be a blessing to others. And Lord, as we continue to, to wrestle and learn about forgiveness, may, may we continue to work on that. Because it's not easy. And we know that we need all the strength that we can to work on it. And so, Lord, we ask you for help. Be with us in this time and this place. In your name we pray. Amen. I said it before in the very beginning of the sermon series, but, but, but this prayer of confession, we cannot come before God unless we are first honest with ourselves about who we are, about the mistakes we make, and about how well or how poorly we care for others. In this spirit, let us offer our prayers to God. This prayer of confession has just been eating at me this entire time we've been studying the topic of forgiveness. Because in order for us to move on, in order for us to really grasp forgiveness, we have to be first honest about ourselves. And that sometimes we're not who we think we are. That we all have places where we need to ask God to come in and and, and forgive our hearts and forgive our minds. And so the last two weeks, I've encouraged you as we've been reading Adam Hamilton's Forgiveness, um, I hope it has made some help in work on your life to help you grow closer to God, to to maybe even reconcile some relationships. I know with some of the people that have been going to Sunday school classes and and some of the other groups that that there have been uh, some breakthroughs or or just some good conversations or there have been times where I've heard say, Pastor, I don't want to go there because it's just too hard. Forgiveness isn't easy. Practicing forgiveness is not something that we perfect. It's not something that when we say we've done it once, that we've done it, you know, we're not perfected. It is something we have to continually work on. And that's why I find today's scripture reading a little bit more fun for us in a sense of practicing forgiveness. Because Jesus lays, sets the bar for us on how practicing forgiveness should be. And so let's dive into the scripture reading this week. Uh, If you would, please turn with me in your Bibles or power them up to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Listen to these words. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? Jesus said, Not just seven times, but rather as many as 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold, along with his wife and children and everything he had, and that 
proceed, those proceeds should be used as payment. But the servant fell on his knees before him and said, Please, be patient with me. I'll pay you back. The master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave him of the loan. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 coins. He grabbed him around the throat and said, Pay me back what you owe me. Then his fellow servants fell down and begged him, Be patient with me, I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. When his fellow servants saw that what had happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told their master all that had happened. His master called first the servant and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? His master was furious and handed him over to the guards responsible for punishing prisoners until he paid back the whole debt. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hamilton, in this week's reading, he wrote this. He said, We all need healing and reconciliation in our lives. It takes a willingness and work. But the rewards are huge. And on the other side of the process is freedom. For you and for others. As well as the joy in walking in the path that God has laid before us. In the scripture reading today, we, we see Jesus sitting with Peter, and, 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 and obviously there had been an issue, because Peter probably wouldn't have asked if there hadn't been an issue. Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive? Seven times? That should be a good number, right? And Peter thought he was setting the bar high. I'll, I'll just give the perfect number, the most sacred, holy number, seven. That's a good number, right? Well, no. Jesus takes the bar, and, and, and while Peter was just trying to set the bar here, so that way you know, he could easily do that, Jesus takes the bar and raises it even higher, almost to the point where their minds couldn't even fathom. The reason why Jesus uses this number, the, this multiplication table, is, is that he wanted it to make, it, make you think about it a little bit more. He, it was like the perfect number times the perfect number, which equals the perfect number. So it's something we continually have to do. It's an infinity kind of thing. It's not just a be-all, end-all, it's done. You you reach number seven and that's it. Like It's not like that little card that you get at your favorite store where after your seventh visit, the eighth one's free. It's something you have to continually do and practice and work on. It's not something that just ends because you hit the magic number seven. Because sometimes there are things that we have to deal with because we've practiced forgiveness. Sometimes it's letting go and moving on and moving forward. Sometimes it's saying, and, and maybe you're the one uh, to blame, it's saying, I'm not going to do that again. I'm sorry I, I caused that trespass against you. I, I'm going to try to do better next time. And in a commentary that I was reading on this, I love the way that that it ended the section on on the reading. It said, The parable is clear. The price of not living the life of the forgiven is a kind of torture. I want to read that again. The price of not living the life of the forgiven is kind of a torture. 
Jesus uses this parable not to just prove a point, but to, but to teach a solid lesson. That if we follow Jesus, if, if we live in this way, if, if we proclaim forgiveness and, and we live a lifestyle of forgiveness, then we should also do the same. If you notice in the reading today, the, the, this man, the, 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 he owned his owner, owned a lot of money. Not just like five bucks, a lot of gold money, like a lot of money. And he pleaded with the master, he said, I'm sorry, I'll pay you back. And the master heard his heart. He said, okay. And then as the guy was walking down the street, he, he saw somebody who owed him like five bucks. Not, not like $10 million or $10 million gold dollars or, or whatever, a huge amount. Just, just five bucks. And he demanded that he gave, give him back the money that he owed him. He didn't even seek forgiveness, even when the guy was begging and pleading. He didn't, he didn't just say, oh, it's okay, yeah, I'll, I'll wait till later until you give me that five bucks. He got violent with the man. Because if he truly had repented, he would have been able to let go. The five bucks would have meant nothing. And he would have been able to forgive him just as he had been forgiven. See, he hadn't made the true change of repentance. Even though he was trying to, his heart had not made the true change. Because had he understood what had been given to him, that forgiveness that had been given to him, when he had an opportunity to share it, he could have done likewise. We've all been there, haven't we? We've had grace given to us. And there have been times where we've not turned it around. Because for whatever reason, that grabs a hold of us and it pulls us down. And it is a kind of tor torture. When we refuse to forgive, uh, we become tormented with this. And, and it can bring some anger into us. And, and, and some of these small pebbles that, that, that we forget to forgive turn around to be a whole bag, a whole mess of small pebbles before we know it. Because we haven't let go. We haven't given it to God fully. Just only partially, temporarily. For just a short moment. But when we truly repent or ask for forgiveness, it becomes God's. And God doesn't hold that over you. I, I, want, I want to make that clear. When, when you give your forgiveness to God, God doesn't just sit there and say, all right, that's one for the books. That's another one for the books. Because, man, we'd all be in trouble. I know I would be in trouble if God held that over me. I, I know that in the end, it was standing before God, if he were to look at that and say, man, Matt, you know, you, you just, you have too many checks by your name. It'd be second grade all over again. But what about these big stones, these, 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 these things that, that are really bad, like murder and other transgressions that are hard to deal with, those, those ones that, that we uh, don't want to name? How do we deal with those big stones? How do we let those go? The only way I've been able to know to let go of the big stones in my life is, is to listen to how other people have done it and, and hear how people have made the journey. Anthony Collin had heard that his older brother had been gunned down in East Harlem. He began struggling with rage that would last for years. The anger wore him down. He missed him desperately. He hated that three men who fired 13 shots into his brother who was unarmed. 
Colin remarked it, oh God, it's just I have put so much hate in my life. I hated everybody. I hated everything. It, it made me into a person like a monster who considered his brother his only stable family. I loved him because he always stood up for me uh, from being a little kid. He would not even allow me to fight. He would stand up for me, whatever happened, because he always saw the goodness in me. But as the years passed and the fog of anger began to lift, Colin married, he had two children, he welcomed religion into his life, and he was overwhelmed by the desire to find reconciliation for his brother's killer. He remarked, I just wanted it to be okay. Then one summer day, a chance encounter while he was visiting a friend at the East Eastern Correctional Facility in New York changed his life. He looked across the room and saw one of the men who had murdered his brother. The man saw him and he tried to duck down and hide away. Colin responded, I was expecting that uh, he, he would be, you know, want to be a fight, want to fight, some kind of physical altercation because there'd be some anger there. Roe recalls the feeling remorse and uh, shameful and unable to forgive himself about murdering the young man and was afraid of retaliation. Colin walked straight up to him and said, Brother, I've been praying for you. I forgave you. I've been praying I would see you again. The meeting would transform both men. And sometimes these stones need to be chipped away before we can deal with them. Sometimes we we need just a little bit off so we can carry it just a little bit longer. And sometimes we'll continue to carry these with us for a long time because they're big stones. They're hard things to deal with. They're they're brokenness that is very difficult to deal with. But if we allow God to do God's work and allow it to be chipped away little by little, giving it to God little by little, that big stone becomes a small pebble that it makes it really a lot easier to give to God. It's not easy. It's a process. It takes time. It takes, it takes healing. It takes, rep- it takes that time of reconciliation. Jesus' command of seven times 70 is not just a bar that we try to hit. It is something that we continually work on. It's something that continually happens throughout the rest of our lives. In our reading this week, Adam gave this little acronym when dealing with the smaller stones that I think can also help chipping away at those bigger stones. He called it RAP. Remember your shortcomings. Assume the best of the person and pray for the person. Sometimes we need to rap. Sometimes before we get angry and sometimes before we, we hold it against somebody because they've sinned against us, sometimes we just need to take a step back and remember who you are and that you're not perfect. And assume to know what is best for that person. Maybe you didn't know what was going on in their life. Maybe you really didn't know them like you thought you did. Maybe they were dealing with something and, and, and struggling with something, and that's what caused them to make the decision, say the thing, or cause the hurt in your life. I think the most important is remember to pray for the person. Because if you remember in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
We're called to remember those. Sometimes rap works, or as I like to think, sometimes we need to par. Uh, we need to pray first before we assume and remember. Forgiveness is not easy. But modern research has discovered that Jesus was right about the benefits of forgiveness. Dr. Robert Enright has developed, is a developmental psychologist in Wisconsin. He's also a Christian. He was raised on teachings about Jesus, about tolerance and forgiveness, but he wondered if forgiveness could be proven to help patients in a hospital or therapy clinic. So he designed ways to include forgiveness therapy sessions, and he studied his effects. Enright developed therapies for elderly women to forgive the people who had wronged them in the past. He also tried to help victims of abuse and incest to understand the people who assaulted them without justifying what the abuser had done. He created two groups. One made up of women undergoing forge- underdoing forgiveness therapy and the other one uh, who were receiving therapy for emotional wounds without a focus on forgiveness. So what did he find? The forgiveness therapy group showed greater improvement in emotional and psychological health that the group did not than the group that focused on that did not focus on forgiveness. I would encourage you if you want to dive and study a little bit more into forgiveness, Enright's book on forgiveness is a choice is a great read and it's one I recommend for those who want to take it to the next step and understand forgiveness a little bit better. They will know we are Christians by our love and how we practice forgiveness. But practicing forgiveness means that we have to practice it and not just say it. And not be like the the man who had his debt forgiven and then turned around and did not forgive a debt that was given against him. We have to practice the same forgiveness that God gives to us. That's not easy. And so Jesus is charged to us, Jesus is pressed to us, maybe rap will help us. Remember your own shortcomings. Assume the best for the person. And pray for that person. I think that's a good challenge for us this week. Those things that we're dealing with, those things that we're struggling with, those those things that we need to ask for forgiveness for, rap about it. Chew on it. Continue to work on it and practice it. Because this is a lifelong process. It's not something you're going to perfect in a week. Trust me, many have tried. Nobody's been very successful. So this week, wrap. And remember that God loves you and cares for you. And all he wants from you is you. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Year Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at TahlequahUMC.org.